The following audio may contain coarse language and other material that may not be suitable for a younger audience. Viewer discretion is advised. Also, we may spoil anything and everything, so you have been warned. Hello and welcome to the Movie Gang Podcast. I'm your host, Jack Newman, and today I am joined with Trevor Flynn on our pursuit of the Isle of Dogs. How are you, Trevor? Yep, 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 was it one of my so more inspired intros? Movie. Yeah. You're excited to talk about this movie? Oh, I was being maybe just a little facetious, but I'm also, uh, I don't know. We need to talk about this. We we have been needing to talk about this for quite some time. And right, it's one right, of those right, things right. where I, if we didn't have a podcast, we wouldn't. And it's good that we, we finally have time. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's interesting. I have to admit, I, I, I there are very few Wes Sanders. It's very mixed up feelings about Wes Anderson sometimes because I feel like the yeah. the Wes Anderson canon that defined Wes Anderson like came about before I was really watching Wes Anderson movies and so like yeah. my first Wes Anderson experiences have been hit or miss because like you know Steve Sisu is what it is uh like you know oh god the hotel one uh holy Budapest. crap it's Budapest. Budapest yeah the Budapest is probably one of my favorite Wes Anderson films oh yeah and and then you have Fantastic Mr. Fox, which is also weirdly um, like a miss for me sometimes. Really, and it's been com- on my list forever. But You've I've never, never seen Fantastic Mr. Fox? No, I really want to because oh. I love the stop motion here. Yeah, I, I like I love the stop motion too. Just for this, uh, let me go ahead and do a summary of this too. So this is the new stop motion movie from Wes Anderson. And the uh, when an executive decree, all the canine pets of Megasaki City are exiled to a vast garbage dump called Trash Island. Twelve-year-old Atari sets off alone in a miniature junior turboprop and flies across the river in search of his bodyguard dog Spots. Uh, there, with the, there, with the assistance of a pack of newly found Mongol friends, he begins an epic journey that will decide the fate and future of the entire prefecture. Uh, yeah. So again, it's, this is this is interesting too because Wes Anderson also has a mixed history of kind of going to different cultures and representing different cultures at different times. Uh, and in this case, he's going kind of you know very. It's it's you know, it's a Japanese whoa, city. Whoa, whoa, wait, what? Like how? I've never thought of him that way. What Our am I? Darjeeling Express. I okay. I um just disclaimer. I need to see more Wes Anderson. Okay, movies. it's okay. I, I, got I, I find uh, I find I find. Here's the thing. I find it's I'm I'm like I feel you're, like you're I've correct. seen a lot of them, but I and guess there's there are only some key ones that I'm missing, like the Darjeeling Limited and um, right. Fantastic Mr. Fox, but I don't well, Fantastic Mr. Fox uh, isn't cult. Fantastic Mr. Fox is definitely southern in nature to me. Oh um, yeah, I but see. I would I would argue he's going into cultures and representing them, and like just like the Budapest has like a certain vein through it, but it's definitely very he's a he's a very it's a very Western yeah. style of storytelling, even when it's in a different context. Do you know what yeah. I mean? Yeah, yeah, I guess I see what you mean. Yeah. Well, I feel like that's but, just part of it. And what people have argued about this, um, we'll get to the controversy, I guess. I don't know if you want to start there, but uh, I don't want it to our discussion to be swallowed in that. But uh, people no, we'll, we'll get there. Defending I, the fact that this takes place in Japan have said, "Oh well, it's uh, well defending and criticizing. Oh well, it's uh, it's just Wes Anderson like." putting this story in an exotic context, like, you know, like Shakespeare would do. He's like, okay, this takes place in uh, Italy because uh, Italy is a strange, exotic land to the Britons in in that time period. Right. 
Right. Yeah. Um, well, I I think that there's a fairness to that. I I have a lot more problem with the Darjeeling Express than 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 this movie specifically. I think I have. Uh, I need to stop saying it. Um, Darjeeling Limited, as far as I know. If there's yep. an Express version, yep. that's new to me. I, I, it's funny to me that we're doing a podcast about Wes Anderson movies, and I've gotten literally every name wrong. I'm very sorry. To well, the- I really I really do love a lot of his movies, specifically uh, the Grand Budapest Hotel and the Royal Tenenbaums, but. Uh, oh yeah, I like the Roman Town, and I've never seen it from beginning to end. I don't think in one sitting. It's just one of those I caught on cable a lot. But I, I like a, the Royal it's a very cable, a lot. It's a very. It's in a lot of like rotations and a lot of different channels for whatever yeah, reason. I mean, yeah. I agree. I agree. It's one of those. It's one of those artsy fartsy movies. I think that's the other thing too is that Wes Anderson may be almost mainstream in terms of artsy fartsy that I think is a, in a really fun way. And he, and I use that term. I wouldn't, I wouldn't apply the term to art house all the time, but I do think he is specifically his own thing. And because I think it's just because it's so much humor with him, that he like takes you in and by the right, hand, through right. his style and his shtick. Right. Is, I, uh, I think he's so self-aware of his own style and, and the, and the, and the, the type of style that he's affecting here that it's hard not to like see it as like a commentary of upon itself, which is also a way that his movies work that I always, I always really like that. I feel like the movies are working multiple on multiple levels of humor and also self-reflection. I don't feel that about this one though. Yeah. This one feels very straightforward is I think yeah. maybe something that's a problem with it. Yeah. Yeah. When the plot just kept going forward, I was like, it's just, I, I was, yeah. it was very like, Oh, oh Okay. you know know what's missing from here versus the grand budapest when like there's like another level of the story being told which you you kind of have that with the with the foreign exchange student um telling the story a little bit but at the same time you know in grand budapest it's like they take a step back and pass judgment on mr mustafa on the storyteller not on the storyteller uh not on zero but on uh God, I'm really bad with names today. I'm so sorry. Uh, he's played by Ray Fiennes. Sorry. Ray yeah, just Fiennes. say Ray Fiennes. That's what yeah. I was thinking you meant. Yeah. yeah. Well, Ray Fiennes' character. Yeah. And in Passage Judgment, yeah. says, I think his world has disappeared, but I feel like he kept up a good illusion of it still existing. Right. And I, and I think that was the thing. That was the nice thing about that movie is that it didn't just let you linger and kind of like, it's almost like you got out of his movie or his version of like reality. And it's like him making a commentary on reality of itself, which I think that movie specifically works really, really well to his style. I'm not sure the style is really helping the narrative here. And that's, that's the thing is like, this is a Wes Anderson movie like Moonrise Kingdom and, uh, Grand Budapest are really helped by Wes Anderson's style. And I don't think it's necessarily supporting all its dogs in the same way. You know, like the most that we've got in a tidbit from an interview from him of an explanation of this choice. And he hasn't felt compelled to like do much explaining (laughs) that, um, is that yeah we you know we just uh, we had this idea for a dog story and we had and we've been meaning to do like a, like a, a Japan homage because we all love Japanese stuff and uh, just kind of came together <laughs> like it's so it's uh, there's no justify justifying no illusion of justifying that this movie had to take place in Japan for him at all. Okay, well then let me come back a little. bit. Did you enjoy it at all? Do you do you have things about it that you like? Because it sounds, I, I probably agree with it. you. Yeah, I, I enjoyed it as well. Which is hard that I'm to agreeing with you that like it definitely feels kind of put together from different loves and doesn't have a core unifying theme. And well, it it has. Core I think there are just themes. a lot of strange choices that 
don't feel like um, sincere. They don't feel in in ingenu- uh, in, in ingenuous to the to the story. They feel disingenuous. I feel they feel like disingenuous. I, it's, it's uh, if that's the word. Um, no, it would be genuine if they were. For, they'd be genuine. Yeah. For for example, the fact that uh, the Japanese dialogue is only translated by English speaking characters and there are no subtitles. Um, we're just, you know, there's all this that we miss between Akari and the dogs that we're just are meant to get the bare bones of it. And that's fine because it's like doing that to try and get it to be told from the dog's point of view. But it's also like, he's saying things that aren't being communicated by my, by, by just pantomime and we're missing those things. And it seems like if we understood them, his relationship to the dog would be more powerful and we'd be able to actually root for him more. Well, I think I understand. I guess this is the difference because it's, it's a weird decision. First off, it's a core decision that I think defines this movie as a whole. And I think the idea of like, it does kind of have this reverse Isle of dogs feel where like, it's like the human can't be understood. It's like, you know, you have the animal among the people and like the animal is very, you yeah. know, it makes yeah. itself known while also not being able to speak English, right. which I think in this case, it's bad because the, the discommunicate, the discommunication here is done via having somebody speak Japanese, which has an othering feel to it. Exactly. Like, I have no that's problem. part of the controversy right. of the appropriation I, well, no, think, too, is that in a sense, the Japanese people here are like not, their voices aren't, their voice literally isn't heard they have no agency in this story that takes right. place right. in their their own you know cultural milieu <laughs> uh, yeah. I, well no i i think that's i think that's an issue where it's like there's a lot of there's a lot of tension right now and kind of uh people using different people's culture for different purposes like last weekend i mean or i think it was like two weekends ago a girl got like 160,000 people liking a guy that was saying my you know your my culture is not your fucking dress or something uh, because she wore like a traditional chinese dress to prom oh really and she got uh, and she got grandstanded on twitter i mean i think it was back and forth i think they yeah. both were like a little bit internet famous because of it, but it was like, it definitely was like, wow, this is a stupid argument for us all to get attached to. Yeah. Way. One way or the other, whatever, whatever side you were on, it was, it was stupid. Not the best it, form of the argument. It was a, Not the it, best. Was a it was a, well, that's like minor the going to prom. Of rage and like how controversy works too. Well, I, yeah, you I think just that's get upset thing. about the least. It's, uh, it's like a, it's like a virus. You can't, I have to yeah. admit, it's, it's something that I'm trying to do now in my days is like, I'm trying not to catch the virus of different things. Like you should just, you should just stay off twitter it's also like i I have to admit being aware of it like you'll you'll watch like even both like even fox news is the worst at it but like even cnn will like oh dude it's just how the media works yeah yeah it's like they're phrasing it in a way that gets your that catches your attention exactly yeah god forbid you ever read like the bylines on cnn holy fuck (laughs) like like, because you read something and it's just like i didn't hear that story and you go and look it up and it's like nothing and you're like you guys just like phrase it in a way to make it sound like it was breaking fucking news yeah like if trump was ever actually going to be impeached i just wouldn't believe it until like i don't know like they had like live feeds of him like leaving the office because oh yeah like every other line on there makes it seem like he's been impeached that day right <laughs> which is which is kind of a problem maybe it's a problem well okay, i don't good. know if i'd chalk that up to cnn as much as i would to the just out, outrageousness of the fact that things have had so many things have happened over which one could 
potentially be impeached and it hasn't happened <laughs> well i'm not disagreeing with that i that's probably that's very true there's a lot of like material there but like this is not a political podcast and i'm sure that we're annoying our viewers, no what so. the fuck are we talking about this i for? don't know i don't know i i i i'm more i was more i, I think i'm like you know it, it's one of those things where i'm like i like saw the dress thing i got mad about it and then i was like all right i can't get mad about it this is stupid don't pay attention yeah. and i was like a good moment for me you know yeah yeah, that's, that's well, I'm proud of you. Yeah, and well, uh, don't don't be proud of me. Like, I, I, I you're right. I, it's I, just being a decent human. You know, right? I didn't, I didn't fall to that. my basest instinct. I don't necessarily yeah. deserve a spot in hell anymore. That's okay. What I would so, do. does the plot of this movie make any sense, anyways? Is like the evil no. Kobayashi organization who has this heritage of hating dogs and liking cats is like trying to replace dogs with robot dogs, and so they release the canine flu that lets them port all the dogs to garbage island like it's all a conspiracy that the little white girl is the only one who can figure it out (laughs) just another problem (laughs) why why does it make sense for them to replace like all the real dogs with like cyber dogs that they're gonna sell is like just like robot in home assistance is like but they look like dogs I, is that is that the thing like, yeah I just feel, it's, that it's was a just, great like <laughs> it'd be fine if they didn't if it wasn't taking it so seriously but I just feel like the movie is I you know I, like you were saying with Wes Anderson having this awareness of his style and how kooky it is and having some self awareness for uh, you know how Andy I just I don't. I didn't feel, I think we both agreed that I'm not feeling that as much yeah. in this one, at least, because it just takes that plot so seriously. And it's talking about how whatever happened to man's best friend and a haiku can like make, can just serve as a political argument and just turn everything around. And it's not even a good haiku. And it's just like for this movie to like be all about how great dogs are. I just, I feel like they somehow missed the point of how great dogs are. And me and my girlfriend walking out of it, I was like, you know, it's weird. I've, I've never like, since I met her and like have had a dog, I I would have always related to something like this in the abstract before, but now I actually understand it because I've become slightly a dog person and I get it now, whereas I didn't before. And I still don't think this movie captured that that much though. Yeah. I just, yeah. I mean, I guess, Lord, uh, sorry. I guess like, I agree with you on the, on the thing. It's like, I don't, I don't think the, I don't think the plot to the movie makes any well, sense. Take, take, take Akari's, uh, relationship with spots, for instance. Like we see that, you know, uh, he's the only friend he has cause his parents die tragically, but like his uncle is like, no, this is just your curry card. No, no licking no 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 friendship or whatever and then they just have this one little glance at each other and it's like okay but you know i'm i'm your friend right and that's that's kind of all we know of their relationship that is just driving all this forward and then i don't know i guess it's it's cool a little it i i really like that the dog um the scrappy dog like learns to be like the just being a dog domesticated chief brian cranston is okay Brian Cranston is great in this. I really love double yeah, vocal performances. Yeah. I, I think I, I don't have a problem with it. Well, that's the thing is like, there's like, <laughs> this is weird from the Darjeeling limited because you have, I understand the idea of having American actors journey through 
a different culture and having experiences with like interacting with that culture. There's uh, the Darnit Jeeling Limited handles it so poorly in another different sort of way, and it's kind of like does it take place in India and it's like a spiritual journey, right? For these right, brothers? it's literally yeah. like on a train. It's yeah, it's like a yeah, well, yeah. it's a it's a journey for three brothers. It's complicated, but and I don't want to get into it because I think the course it's one of those things where it's like I like the core story elements happening at hand, but there's like other elements that detract from it, and that's one of those yeah. things. It's like I think this is like even when Wes Anderson's bad, there's like a good movie underneath. And that's the thing is he's got really a movie that it's not important where the fuck he is. And that's a problem. It doesn't matter that it's Japan, which is a problem because he just wants to tell this like dog on trash Island journey and his relationship with almost like to him, what's his own animal or person. And that's just like a thing that's like, and that's like, it's a reversal of the dog relationship where the dog is kind of the owner in a weird sort of way. And I like it and it's cool. It's just like, because they've decided to set this in Japan, it becomes such a fucking problem. And the over, like the, you know, the plot is not, it's strong suit. I think we're in agreement there. No, 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 there. no, no. And, and, and definitely think, any, in any moment where like the father comes into it, I mean the, you know, the Kobayashi. Yeah. Kobayashi. Yeah. And, and definitely like the exchange student. I'm just like, Whoa. Like, I mean, they're, they're almost, it's almost like secondary stuff played for laughs, which is the main cultural yeah. import of the rest of the movie, which is yeah. a huge fucking problem. And like, if the plot was a stronger aspect of it, it'd be one thing. But then when you try to right, read right, anything right. of significance of, uh, politics or of current events into the thematics of this movie it feels so much more american than japanese which is fine but i just you know then it should be then it would be more powerful thematically if it was set here you know right 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 Right. this is one of those things where i like you know moon like you know watch moonrise kingdom there's like a powerful thing that's happening in the basement and that's the thing is like that's the difference between this and probably darjeeling limited that i'm actually probably going to come around to i think darjeeling limited has a good story that doesn't also doesn't need to be set in in i heard something about darjeeling limited being more appreciated now than it used to be but i can't remember where i heard that oh i just i i would argue to the it opposite the most effect. dated yeah yeah okay. I, would, I would argue it does not date well and it's also problematic i think it's less problematic in this film because of how divorced the two narratives are and how unimportant the element of japan itself is to the movie itself yeah but i mm, but there's i've heard so many different things be, and i've you know there have been um like asian critics that have hated it and there have also been like a right. like letters to the editor that are like well then there's this 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 little thing for me that only i knew and this little thing that was like uh you know a, a, a reference that only i got and it just made me feel really at home and i was like well that's great but i feel like it just for the majority it just doesn't have much to do enough to do and i loved it i loved the i mean aspects of it that's and i get what you're saying about it being there being a good thing under there i love the taiko drumming so much i love the score and i love the visuals i just uh, kobayashi's turn came out of nowhere too like all of a sudden he's like after after akari reads the haiku he's like mm, i have no honor and just turns himself in <laughs> like that was so, yeah that was so weepy that was a little bit like that's what i'm talking about where i feel like it's it is it's, almost completely plot, divorced but then right. it hang it's it's plot hangs on these like oh japanese people are like this this is how the society functions like you well, can read a haiku I, okay and everyone look, is going to look, 
look, I, 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 I'm gonna just, I'm gonna come back here and make a little defense. I don't think the plot in Wes Anderson movies actually really matters that. Well, it much. matters if it, if it if matters the turn if it of the works. plot hangs upon like you reading a haiku that right, like right. just touches everyone because. Well, no, Japanese, no, no, I disagree. Okay, then... let, let me let me finish because Moonrise Kingdom, Royal Tenenbaums have has very good plot that all strings together and does a great job. Yeah, but I would argue which one of my favorites, like the like uh like Grand Budapest Hotel, has a plot that sort of just ends where like they learn yeah. stuff. There's like a like almost the entire actual plot of the narrative where eventually like the main character dies happens in sort of a meta textual narrative way kind of describing after the fact of what the main yeah. plot of the movie is which yeah. is where they just like go on a, on a wacky zany adventure and there's a lot of comedy for laughs and it's good and it creates the sense of the universe and then brings it back to reality and that's the whole point of it which yeah. works in a lot of context here and it's kind of i think that's the issue here is that like it's supposed to suggest that it's bringing us back to reality in the same form or fashion but because it doesn't because it doesn't work on the same level uh, of like Moonrise Kingdom or Grand Budapest, it's a problem. But I think it's inches from being there instead of suggesting that like the plot is just totally broken. Yeah. No, I think, it, there, it, I think there's the a couple of The plot is functional. It just doesn't right. feel the plot sincere. Is, the plot is functional and that's the issue though. That's the big issue is that it's the sincerity of the piece versus the actual plot that's the problem here. Yeah. It's the plot is not the plot is functional not good. And but I think that's the thing is like a lot of movies are also not functional in the Wes Anderson canon like not Soup. they're functional not like not plotted particularly well like it's kind of dumb how like you know if it was just about telling the actual story but it's not it's about giving an effect and feel and telling kind of this metatextual narrative through the movie well and yeah, that works. it's one thing to say the plot isn't especially good in wes anderson movies it's another thing to say that wes anderson some wes anderson movies aren't no, 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 no. I'm not plot heavy. Okay, let me finish for fuck's sake. Well, I'm trying to understand you as <laughs> no, you no, go. Okay. I, I understand. I'm trying to. Like, what I'm saying is that like the plot serves the purpose of the grander movie, which is creating an effect. Mm-hmm. And the issue here is that because that effect is not effectively happening in Isle of Dogs to the same degree, we are more noticing the issues of the plot. Like there are of a yeah, but ton of holes Isle of Dogs is stuff. also more of a plot of of like causal events more than maybe Grand Budapest Hotel is because it's out of time. I would argue. I would argue the core plot because it's being told as a story. It is a very cause and effect plot. Yeah, but it's also surrounded right. by a bunch of narratives on top of one another. Grand Budapest is not the best place to go. Actually, Grand Budapest is actually super complicated. Well, I'm just opinion. trying to follow you, man. No, no, no you're right. You're right. I mean, but maybe you're right. Maybe I'm confusing you by like picking a bad example. Yeah. I, I think my point is, is like the plot of like Moonrise Kingdom is like two kids go off, get caught, taken home, and then they run off again together. And, yeah. you know, and the guys agree with them this time and do it. The plot is kind of secondary to the effect of it, which gives you this sense of childhood and childhood loss and right. watching adults looking at childhood, which is, you know, communicated mostly through like the meaningfulness of these characters experiencing their life and looking at each other, looking like children, looking at grownups and grownups looking at children yeah. and the way that they experience it. It's all done metatextually within side a like a serviceable but not like exceptional plot nothing's delivered it's to not the done plot. metatextually it's done thematically 
I don't, I don't, I think when you said metatextually, that confused me. Because All right, I, don't, well, uh, I don't see anything metatextual that I can remember about. Yeah, but like changing. shit, like, you know, like Edward Norton's character finding love because of the events of the movie is like very meta. Not, it's not, you're right. It's not well, meta. Well, I mean, you know, it's fair. It's like when you have like, okay, you have the real play and then you have the mock play. Like right. And it's, and it's yeah. everything around it that gives it the sense of the Wes Anderson vibe and universe, which is that, you know, you come out of it with like, like a Wes Anderson movie is like a warm hug because he's about to tell you your cat's dead, you know? <laughs> right. Exactly. Is that a good way to explain it? I think. I think I've, yeah, I think I've, yeah, I think I understand what you're trying to say. I right, just, it's that, like, I was, it's... <laughs> I wish you could have heard yourself say that when you did. <laughs> <laughs> right, it's like, it's like putting a good face on the evils of society. It's like allowing us to live our myth, it's allowing us to live our mythology while admitting that the mythology is not true. Yeah, sure. And that's the grander view of Wes Anderson, and I think it's it's on a level as failing more in this movie than many of his others. Yeah, yeah, that's true. Like the whole movie is supposed to be whatever <laughs> happened to. It's like a warm hug. I can't believe that's actually. I'm gonna quote that. That's yeah. Be well, episode you'd be title. quoting. You, you quote yourself. Yeah, you, you, yeah. you should do I'm that. So you should put that in there. Yeah. I'm so clever. Um, <laughs> yeah, I get what you're saying because I lost my train of thought. Because the whatever happened to man's best friend thing is just so sentimental and so hammered home, but it just doesn't hit. It just doesn't hit. I don't know why. Because I like the dogs a lot, and I like. Oh yeah. I like Chief bonding with Akari. I like. I think or Atari. I keep saying Akari. Atari. I'm sorry. Um, and that's all great, but it just when it gets into the larger plot of the thing and the conspiracy and the white foreign exchange student uncovering it, it just loses all of that. It just loses all of it for me. I don't know. The bigger it gets. Um, yeah. One more thing I wanted to say that I didn't know about the, the appropriation kind of like issue about this. That I think I've heard this from another podcast. I don't remember, but like not only are the Japanese voices not translated, but they use English, um, you know, like Japinglish <laughs> uh, katagana phrases, as we know them from anime, you know, that don't actually exist. Like whenever um, yeah, Kobayashi's yeah. on stage. And, 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 it, and, it, and I, I say that because it's something about the movie that took me out of it a little bit. I was like, mm-hmm. and then after when someone said it, it's like, that's yeah, that's not a thing. I was like, oh, yeah, that, that was totally. I wish I'd been more bothered. I wish I'd catch caught that. Right, more. right, right. Because right, right. it did it just kind of bother me whenever Kobayashi's on stage and he's like turning over the mic to the kids or whatever. He's like, respectful. It's like Japanese people would say that. Like there are right, plenty right, of English right. words that Japanese people say. And right. It's not one of them. Right. Neither is and, sitto. <laughs> it's also not one. Yeah. It's almost a bastardization of the language to the purpose of p- catering this to an American audience, which I don't actually have a problem with that as a whole. I have a problem with it done in terms of like there's a little bit of humor delivery to it. That's a problem. Of, of like using oh look at these Japanese aren't no they no no funny? when he goes when he goes sito it's it's supposed to kind of be funny don't you think a little bit a little bit but also I got I got a laugh in my theaters so that's just really just from yeah. that just when he says sit no I'm not about that moment specifically but there were other moments where it was used to comedic effect I think that part of that's just the way Wes Anderson uses dialogue though yeah so maybe it's like a Wes Anderson Japanese traditional 
I don't think there's anything traditionally Japanese about it. I mean, that's maybe a problem because, like, even if I start trying to justify, I'm like, yeah. Well, I think you do acknowledge that this movie is problematic. I just don't think it. No, no, no doubt, no doubt. I I just don't think you find it necessarily offensive, which is fine. I didn't either, but right, right, right. I feel for those problematic, not 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 great. And I I think that's the other thing too is I like to separate out problematic and great because I think the Darjeeling Limited may be like way more problematic than this movie and is actually kind of great at the same time. Do you know what I mean? Versus this is a little problematic, but also not great, (laughs) which which, in the combination of the two things, highly damning from me. (laughs) Do you like seeing just in general though? I'm just curious. Like, do you like seeing Wes Anderson do stop motion though? Would you see another? No, no, I've not liked any of his, I've not liked any of his stop motion movies. It has been the low point of all of his, uh, his filmography for me. At this really because yeah. i felt his um i really felt his idea here to make like um just trash beautiful like i kind of dug that a little bit Even- oh I, I i like the visuals of this movie are fantastic the visuals of this movie is this but like i'd also argue that like i the the visuals in uh grand budapest are gorgeous the visuals yeah. because he's got such a cinematic style it's almost like i also, wish he was Sir two Ronan people. budapest and that brings yeah. the whole like aesthetics of the production up yeah. by like yeah, yeah, degrees yeah. you know i want him art. to be two different people like his i want and i want them to go off and not put all their energy into one movie so that i'm losing a grand budapest to do fucking isle of dogs yeah yeah definitely. which is not how i should think about it i know that's that's just not how you I should think grand think budapest is his masterpiece and it's it's that's uh that's uh, 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 um churlish of us to keep comparing it to maybe that because i think of the well, I, I think a lot of people would disagree with it being his masterpiece i think a lot of people are going to stick with royal tenenbaums i i i oh yeah i love that's yours moonrise kingdom as a boy scout is probably one of the most like like haunting things that i've ever seen yeah yeah yeah, Moon Moonrise Kingdom as a Boy Scout with like you know early sexual development and all this other stuff like is like one of those things that I watch and it's like that's when I feel like the Wes Anderson thing. It's like I'm getting a warm hug because my cat's dead. You know, yeah. <laughs> it's like that's, that's that's the moment that I like there feel like that movie's that, the most. That simile again, you're really proud of that now. I'm sorry. All right. No, you shouldn't be. It's good. I think I really get it. Except it, it just confused me because the dog dies, not the cat. <laughs> Oh, ah, it could have been so much more clever. No, I mean, it's it could fine. have been so much more clever. I just, it would I have been, s- oh, no, right. man. It's okay. Thanks. You had it's to late. point it out, didn't you? Okay. Right. <laughs> <laughs> I'm even a dog fucking person. Why did I go to cats? I hate cats. Because dead cats are funny. Yeah, I think, I feel like a just dead the phrase, dog dead is always cat like a, is funny. Yeah, Schrodinger's yeah, cat, is. you know. Yeah, know. dead dogs are not funny. No. The dogs are never funny. Except in a Wes Anderson movie. Oh my fucking god! (laughs) What did you think about like the ensemble cast? That was that was the other thing too. I thought a lot of the dogs Dogs? were wasted. Uh, uh, Wasted, huh? Yeah, maybe a little. Like because they just chief and there's too many. Atari go and do their thing, and oh, you think there's just too many? Like they could have combined a couple. I don't know. Oh shit! Yeah, needed three dogs maybe. Edward Norton was great. 
Um, no, no, I have no problem with anyone's performance, no one's interpretation of the character. But like, like, let's talk about who gets like the maximum amount of screen time and stuff. Like, it's a problem, dude. It's a problem because like, it's a I lot of big names, big voices, and just, big names, big voices. Yeah. And and the nice thing is that I know all of those actors, so like I'm very familiar with their voices, so I know who's what and what's happening. They do a really good job. It's well choreographed. It's just like oh, it's one of those things where it's like oh, here's a here's kind of a, an adventure movie, and I just feel like they're to be some consolidation I, that's my thing though like they the don't first thing really I, I see what you mean by saying their ways because they don't really get a chance the other right. the, 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 the ensemble character dogs are really kind of yeah they don't they don't really get development that much they just kind of well they all go home they all go home and that's right. it right yeah. that's it so. they don't they don't get it they don't get an arc it just happens and it's done you know yeah like arguably the one that gets the most arc is edward norton whatever chief kind of backs down and he kind of eventually can be respectable as the leader but only so much so like it's more of a running joke and a gag than it is a character arc so right 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 all right let's go ahead and uh let's go ahead and score this bad boy uh first up you man what what did you give this out of 10 uh, i think just with everything probably a 6.5 yep yep it's not a solid film. There's enough that I really loved about it aesthetically, as Wes Anderson will do, like that sushi scene, for instance, you know. Um, but, um, yeah, just not a great story in general. It feels like just from a writing, just from a story structure standpoint, there's this that kind of just is just full of a, like, it deflates a little bit towards the end and pile on top of that all the problematic culture appropriation shit it just kind of it, it, i was really looking forward to this like i was really hyped about it and it you know it, it did not live up to any of that for me just my own personal expectations of what i wanted yeah out of this west erickson yeah. goes to japan i was like uh but no it's still yeah. beautiful to look at i just yeah no i i, I give it a seven i think uh, as much as i've shit on it here i think that it's still like you know he is it's a very it's wes anderson so it's very 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 solid construction it's gorgeous it's fun i think you'll have a good time the humor's there it's got a vein of problematic that's all the way through it it's also maybe perhaps uh kind of a little bit not up to the level of the rest of his filmography but i'd still gonna put that in the vein of a seven do you know what i mean like solid is what i would put this as uh better than a lot of other things i don't think it's solid i think the i i I think i think there's some fault lines here okay well i I disagree with that but you get it you get 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 out of there no no i i I got it i got it it was uh, was poor taste it wasn't poor taste it was I think that's going to come out to a 6.5 overall out of 10. Uh, that's for the Movie Gang podcast. We give Isle of Dogs a 6.5, which is still a go-see-it, technically. But, uh, you know, got some issues. Not Wes Anderson's best here. Yeah, I, uh, I There were a couple of really genuine belly laughs. And just right. kind of like, and that, quirk, just kind of like mm, smiles at the dialogue. And, right. You know, but he does. But towards, I, I think by the end of it, you're just a little exhausted and you don't really care. That's the big problem. That would be... There's a lot of moments in there that I think make me like, like banter over laughing. I think there's a lot of good moments mixed in. It doesn't work as a whole, but other than that, it's still like it delivers the laughs. And I think it's a good movie. Not a great movie. 
It's still better than the Secret Life of Pets. Holy fuck balls! I cannot believe we gave that movie that high a score. Well, it was pretty low, wasn't it? It's like a four. Mm. Yeah. Was, I guess that's pretty low. I mean, that's a non-recommendation. For well, me. our our tastes have changed. Yeah, very fair. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> talk talk to Sarah sometime about like Animania and stuff. Like, it's amazing to me. Like, I think that uh, I think that over the last couple of years, like as a group, like I feel like we've homogenized our tastes a little bit just by acting and talking to each other a lot. But at the same yeah. time, like I think a lot of other people's tastes have like highly affected me. It's interesting, though. Yeah. Alright. From everyone here for the Movie Gang Podcast, this has been Trevor Flynn. Sayonara. Oh Lord. And I'm your host, Jack Newman. <laughs> We're gonna go culturally appropriate something else. <laughs> yeah, I'll probably change that in. Bye no. guys. No.